Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Tuesdays, but uh, as Stu and I live our exciting lives traveling all over the world, uh, you know, for so people can hear us uh, live, uh, it's sometimes hard to get us connected on a Tuesday. So here we are on, what, what day is it today, Stu? It's Thursday? It's Thursday, Dave. Wow. That means I, I, I miss Valentine's Day, I think. <laughs> Did you, did you, I, I know you're, you're, you're renowned as a, um, as a romantic, uh, right. in, uh, in, in, in our world. Did you, uh, do anything special for Valentine's day? Uh, yes, we have, uh, the heart shaped pasta at our house Oh, and, uh, finish up with a little chocolate fondue. So, uh, and the flowers all around for my wife and kids. So it's a good day. I, I was wow. all ready to do our podcast on Tuesday, Dave. I had some roses for you as well. Oh jeez, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I missed that. I, <laughs> I, can can you just can you just send them to my wife? Because I was I was on a, <laughs> I was on a plane instead of with her. She could uh, I'm sure she'd appreciate the roses. But um, well, the, the uh, what, one, here's one of the this this probably more for uh, for for when I'm on with Scott Lizakowski. But here's here's one I did hear on on Valentine's Day that when the S&P 500 is up at least 7.5% on the year by Valentine's Day, it's over 90% of the time the year finishes up. Not bad, eh? Not bad. And, and generally goes up from there. So it's uh, so a lot of, lot, lot of love for stock markets. And, 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 I, and I guess the, the, thing that's, the, the thing that continues to be really uh, causing all the warm and fuzzies all around because we – we love employment. Everyone likes to have a job when they want a job. And we continue to see strong labor markets. Uh, that's produced, uh, so, so the February reports in both Canada and the U.S. on the labor market front, super hot. Uh, we get the inflation report out of the U.S., the consumer and producer. The consumer one continued the trend down, but maybe not as fast as we'd like to see. The producer uh, index this morning came in again a little bit hot, a little higher than expected. Uh, so, you know, the the market, as we talked about last week, all these different scenarios that can play out, but that largely depend on the idea that inflation is going to be under control, which allows you to see somewhere down the road where rates are no longer going up, they're maybe going down. Uh, you know, it, it, based on our conversation last week, is, is, is this is this shifting your mindset or you're seeing it shift the market mindset in any way? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great, you know, so so you can have, uh, you know, the same uh, confidence in terms of where we're going to end up uh, six, 12 months from now. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, acknowledge and understand that you know, market participants on a daily basis kind of recalculate these odds. And, um, and you know, money, you know, probabilities shift this way, shift that way. So, you know, you have a, a Federal Reserve and central banks who, who say, you know, they're kind of resolute. Uh, we're going to leave interest rates uh, higher, maybe for longer to get inflation under control. And they kind of say, well, the majority of the move upwards in interest rate has likely taken place. So, you know, markets get quite excited by, you know, will, are we there? Will there be another 25, another 50? But in the grand scheme of things, the lion's share of the move has taken place. And then the next phase is, okay, we get to this number and will we be there for three months or six months or nine months? Um, 
you know, in, in, in all cases, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of comfortable with, with where we'll end up, but how, you know, the path between here and there is always subject to, uh, you know, subject to debate. And, um, you know, in some of the economic data, which, uh, you know, there's times when good news is good news and there's times when good news is bad news. You know, the consumer in, 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 in part it is due to inflation, so it's not entirely like a, a kind of a, a real statistic of strength, but consumer spending is pretty strong still uh, in the month of January. Uh, you know, some of the, the large U.S. banks put out, you know, kind of daily volume updates from what they see in their credit cards and things like that. So we knew that January was a little bit strong. Unemployment's been strong. Uh, wage pressures, you know, coming off the boil a little bit, I would say, but, you know, still there. You know, so it's kind of like we have this path. We have a reasonable degree of confidence on the end game. But every time, you know, if we if, if the stock market and all markets are entirely bet, you know, 100 percent on the end game and you get one little you know piece of data that, you know, causes some disruption, you get volatility. And, um, you know, also, uh, you know, with markets up, you know, strongly, you mentioned the Valentine's Day statistic, but, you know, some animal spirits have returned. Um, yeah. And, uh you know, you have people doing same day options now. You have, uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, kind of short term activity that tends to uh, accelerate once markets start to improve. And, uh, you know, it's created some volatility. Uh, you know, I think we still are, you know, kind of thinking about, you know, kind of three, uh, you know, buckets of stocks or, you know, I'm, I've been calling them like the three bowls of porridge uh, recently <laughs> for for the, the three bears, but you have, you know, the, you know, the one, the one bowl says, uh, you know, there's going to be a recession, earnings are going to drop, multiples will drop with it. Uh, you know, that's how stocks are under pressure. The, the next bowl says, uh, you know, things are, things are pretty good, but in order to maintain this valuation, inflation needs to decline. So while we forecast that it will, it kind of needs to, to hold that line. And then there's the third bowl of stocks, a uh, third bowl of porridge rather that, you know, still has a lot of stocks that trade at below average valuations. And if the economy is pretty good, their earning streams are, you know, they benefit from this kind of broader economic activity. And, um, you know, still finding like, like it's not, even, even though markets have done well, it's not difficult to go in and find a kind of a mundane business where you might say, well, in a year or two, that stock could be 15 or 20% higher. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, it, it it this 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 activity though. The, so, you, so you talk about the the daily options trading and that. Um, it, with all of this money on the sidelines that 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 we know we're hearing about, and some of it's going to consumer spending, but 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 some of this is is long term investment dollars that have just gone to very very conservative cash or cash equivalents over much of the last year as interest rates have, have, have risen. And so you can earn a little bit of money without, you know, really taking any risk uh, on, on those dollars. That, 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 that sense of, of more of a risk on mentality, is that not going to just pull that money in, into the market? And is, is, is that what we call it? Is that, is that money that, that, that pushes things higher in the near term only to be disappointed? Or is that, is there enough there to continue to push it on uh, further as long as we continue to get, you know, the expected news that comes out? Yeah, it's a good, it's a great point. Like I think, you know, on the, on the one side, um, you know, that money that sits in those accounts, 
is earning an attractive return than it has in some time. So, you know, I don't know if I don't know if you'll pull, uh, you know, a ton of cash out of there, but within the, the market as a whole, like it's a, you know, this morning I was looking at a company that uh, trades at sub 10 times earnings, has a dividend yield in the mid five percentage uh, uh, interest rate or mid five percentage points, uh, just grew their dividend by double digits. So, you know, from a long term standpoint, you know, you sit there and say, well, you know, that's a pretty interesting uh, investment proposition against cash at five. But, you know, I don't know exactly where that share price will be 12 months from now versus so. So, you know, the the I don't know if we'll see the same type of movement that we saw in the past when cash was getting nothing um, yeah. that we see today. But um, but, you know, if if the economy continues to be a little bit stronger and, uh, you know, I think importantly, uh, it's not it's not that much stronger in real terms, but as inflation comes down, if the economy stays a little bit stronger and you get, you know, half a percent more of real growth or one percent more real growth as uh, as things progress, that's not a bad environment for, you know, a lot of companies to make some money. And you know, there's also lots of businesses that benefit when interest rates are higher as well because they've got cash that they're investing, and and they're making higher returns as well. Yeah, and and uh, and and just for uh, as as we continue to go through big earnings season here, we're we're kind of at the tail end of it now. But you, but you've made the comment overall that you're you're seeing you know decent earnings and 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 across a wide wide range of businesses, which is which is is somewhat healthy. Yeah, like it's it's uh, the revenue environment's not bad. The margins have been squeezed a little bit, but there's there's more businesses having interesting earnings reports than you know, say the middle of COVID when it was a very narrow range of businesses having interesting earnings reports. Yeah. And uh, as, as we talk about money on the sidelines, Stu, and, uh, and, and, and that, 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 that's the term we'll use, but it's, it, it's money that, that again, is, is typically sitting in bonds or stocks uh, to generate a higher rate of return over the long term. Uh, but is sitting in again a cash or cash equivalent, maybe earning four and a half, five, maybe even five and a half percent, uh, and and investors are looking to get that money into the market. Do you have a an approach that you might suggest for people <laughs> to get take that money and prudently put it back to work in markets? Hopefully, everyone has their cup of coffee or cup of something that warms them up, because I <laughs> I think I know the answer that Stu's going to give here? Well, it's, of course, it's, it's dollar cost average. I've just put my cape on. I'm dollar cost average boy. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the great thing about dollar cost averaging in this environment is twofold. First, uh, you know, it's a great way to put money into a, a more volatile environment, but also, you know, the cash that is earning higher returns is generating even more money for dollar cost averaging. So, uh, you know, it's a great combination. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of it myself. Uh, use the tool uh, relentlessly uh, in my own affairs. But, um, you know, you know, you just think back on the last 12 months where we've had, you know, periods of time where people thought the economy was going to slow too much, then it was going to speed up, then it was going to slow down, then it's going to be better and the valuation looked good and then it didn't look so good. And, and uh, you know, in all likelihood in this environment, that's going to persist. And dollar cost averaging is a great way of negotiating that. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping you'd come back to that today because it, it, it really has been a successful approach. 
Uh, I read a terrific article on it uh, earlier this week, which is which is why it was top of mind with me. Just just showing how effective it can be in this type of environment where you just got that that push pull all the time, and you know that that we're going to get to a point where longer term things are going to be better, but you've just got this back and forth right now. And, uh, and, and so it's just such a good approach. Now, now Stu, we, 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 we talked a lot about this, say in the, in sort of the, the early state, maybe around this time last year, uh, or maybe a little bit later. And at that point you were talking more, you know, sort of a 12 month period where you would, you, you would ease money back into markets. Any, any change in your time frame around dollar cost averaging right now? Is it, is it longer or shorter in terms of the way that you would, you would put that money to work? Uh, no, not really. Uh, like it's it's always consistency is the key for dollar cost averaging. So, you know, I tend to use the same uh, time frames over and over and over again. Yeah, I like uh, as, as I've always said, I like I like ten months because the math is easy. But uh, <laughs> but but, but uh, dividing by twelve is harder than dividing by ten. But that's that. But that's just me. Anyway, Stu. Uh, once again, great uh, great stuff. And uh, and we'll check in with you uh, with you again next week and um, and and, in, and enjoy that. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, you didn't use all that pasta. That's right. That, yeah, that, I think that would be lovely all year long. Hundred percent, Dave. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks very much. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management Inc. for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.